This is episode 39 of the Passion Effect podcast. My guest, Rachel Tapscott from That Camera Girl, shows you how to overcome the fear of public speaking. Ready to follow your passions? Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 39 of the Passion Effect podcast. I'm your host, Jack Pittman, and on the podcast, we discuss the passion of high performance. We speak to people from different industries to uncover the habits, motivations, and steps that they took to discover their passion so you can too. My guest today is Rachel Tapscott. She is the host of the Mindset Mastery Podcast. She is a master storyteller and she helps business owners create videos that they're proud to share. Rachel is here to tell us all about her journey into the world of videography and media, how we can begin to overcome the fear of public speaking on camera and why it's important to share other people's stories. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Passionback Podcast and please Leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying the episodes. And don't forget to share this episode with friends or family. Please join me in welcoming my guest today, Rachel Tapscott. Rachel, welcome to the Passion Vic Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Jack. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're such an incredible person. You do so many things surrounding your passion of videography. I saw you do a podcast, you do video editing, you have a blog, you provide tips and education on Instagram about videography and how you can make your content better. It's really inspiring. Yeah, thank you. I think, you know, my whole, I guess everything that I do and the whole journey, it's really been about that, I guess, returning to my passion kind of thing. I think like just the theme of your show, I I love the whole idea behind it and, you know, just wanting to create content that I'm passionate about so that other people can create content that they're passionate about is kind of my whole deal. I love that. It's a win-win. Absolutely. When you walk into a room, Rachel, who are you? How would you describe yourself? Who are you as a person? That is a really good question. I've never heard it phrased that way before. I suppose I am that person in, in the video side of things. I'm that person that is cheering you on. That's like, you know, you can jump in front of the camera and you can be that confident person that you want to be. I think that's my whole my whole deal is really just around supporting you know, clients and friends and whoever it is who wants to create something, whether it's a podcast or video or art or blog or whatever, like, you know, you can do that. And I just want to be that person that supports you and being able to do that. Has it always been your mindset throughout your whole career in the videography space? Yeah, um, it has been kind of the core of it, but my career in video started in a completely different place. Um, so I started as a regional news camera operator and editor. And I suppose, you know, I don't know if there was a lot of passion behind that. It was more like you turn up, you shoot what you need to shoot for the news story, you take it back, you know, it's it's like over the next day. Once the news is aired at 6 p.m., no one remembers mm. what even happened the day before. So that part of it as much as I enjoyed the physical camera operation I just spent the whole time in that job really wanting to return to the part that I loved about video which was that storytelling getting you know getting your story and your your work out there so it always has been there but I didn't really identify that until a few years um, working in the business and helping business owners tell their story on camera and helping people come out of their comfort zone really and I think it was always something I was working towards subconsciously but 
I suppose I just, I see that now and I identify that that's what I like to do in my business. You talk about going out of your comfort zone there. And I think it's something that's really interesting to talk about. Did your, I guess, interest in media start when you were a young child, like typical, or was it sort of something that happened, you know, completely by surprise? It definitely started when I was a child. I actually, I don't think I've ever talked about this on a podcast before, but I had my first YouTube channel when I was 10 years old and I made dog training videos. I had wow. these two dogs that I loved to train like tricks, like, you know, just shake and beg and roll over and all that stuff. <sighs> and as a little 10 year old child, I made these videos and I posted them on YouTube and I had this dog training blog and I never even really um, talked about this with any of my friends or anything at school. Like I just did it because I loved it. I'd come home from school every day and just make these little videos. And it's probably still on YouTube if anyone wants to look up Rachel's dog training tips just for fun to see where this all started. Um, but I, I guess I kind of strayed away from that, you know, in, in high school and had different hobbies. And then I came back to it when I was at the end of high school. I chose media as my blood subject, really, because all my friends are doing it and I couldn't pick what I wanted to pick in the subject lineup. So I thought, hey, I get to play with cameras in this class. Like, that'll do. But then um, I realized, like, I remembered how much I loved it. And from there, I thought, you know, I really want to make this a career. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how, you know, this, this would even work, but I really just want to get up every day. And play with cameras was where it all kind of came from then. So it's funny looking back at that. And that's how I spent every afternoon, you know, in my my young childhood life was just making videos. And then here I am, you know, 10, 15, probably years later, making videos every single day. So it's funny how those things, I think, come up from your childhood that you don't really even think about that much but the passion was always just there like you know back somewhere and things you used to do yeah that childlike curiosity kind of seems to get lost as we get older but I mean the thing that amazes me is you know posting YouTube videos like that sounds so entrepreneurial you're writing a blog 10 years old I feel like every kid at some point went through that YouTube phase but to see you take it you know not only to another level with the blog but also to see that that passion has continued even to your adult life is so cool yeah uh, I love it I think and it took a while to come back to that because I started making videos for other people and then I was like oh well just you know to grow my business it would be great to make videos for myself and do some training and stuff like that but the idea of doing that was terrifying and you don't have that fear when you're a kid. Like I had, mm. you know, probably dozens of these little few minute videos with this dog training stuff. And I just did it because I loved it because you're not thinking about what anyone else is going to think of you. And then sitting down to do my first video as an adult and I'm literally sitting there going, well, I know what I want to talk about, but I don't know how to put it into words now that the camera is in my face. And I was like, yeah, this is really, this is what I put my clients through, you know, when I'm like, hey, you know, the camera's there, tell me about your business. And they're, they're nervous and they don't know what to say. And so the whole thing, it kind of morphed into what, I, what I'm doing now from my own experience of realizing, you know, it's, it's scary to put yourself out there and make videos and kind of getting over that fear of the camera myself that I didn't have as a kid, but I've developed that in my adult life. So that is the whole, you know, the YouTube started and going into what I do with clients and helping them with the same thing, like just to get over that fear of the camera and 
it's like, well, why, why are you doing it in the first place? You're doing it because you love it, hopefully, what you're doing with your business. So how can we step into that and step into that, that passion for it and that love for it instead of focusing on the fear of putting yourself out there and worrying what other people are going to think? So it seems like it's a bit of a mindset shift. Am I right in terms of overcoming the fear of speaking in camera? I mean, how do you do it with your clients? Mm, it's absolutely 100% mindset, the whole thing. And the core of it is just asking yourself why. Why are you doing it in the first place? And if you don't really have a good answer for that, then it's probably going to be a lot harder because, you know, that that passion isn't there driving it. Um, and, you know, for me, I wanted to be able to help people with, you know, say beginners become more proficient in video skills and all that. So my why is because I want to help other people feel more confident. And I kind of got to get over, you know, my whole fear myself to be able to do that. So when I, you know, sit with with clients and we set the camera up and we may be talking for half an hour before the shoot and then suddenly they freeze up when the camera's there. Uh, when I'm working in person with someone, it's a lot easier because we can sit there and just have a conversation mm. and the camera can be there, but they don't even have to look at the camera. They can look at me if it's like an interview set up and we can just talk. And when you get into that space of talking about something that you're passionate about, nothing else really is distracting you anymore. You're not focusing on, oh, what is everyone else going to think? You're just in the zone. So a lot of it is just breaking down the why and then just just talking about it like you're talking to a friend. If you are doing it by yourself, it can be a little bit harder to get started. I, I did my first few with a friend in the room with me, just, you know, prompting ideas for me and helping me just, you know, forget about trying to make it perfect. Um, but yeah, it's just practicing and speaking out loud and just always bring it back to, well, why do you actually want to do this? And normally it's because people want to help someone do something, whatever your business is, you're normally helping someone with a problem and, talking about it on camera, you know, that's going to be able to help you help so many more people than if you're just doing it one-on-one. So that's really where it all kind of starts. And what was your first experience of, of being behind the camera? Were you in the similar position of your clients sort of, you can speak really comfortably with your friends, but then you get behind the camera and it's a bit like, Oh, you know, stuttery. You know? We are, so I'm sure you're familiar with the feeling. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, could talk all day about, talking on camera was the first video that I ever made ironically was feeling confident on camera and I'd written a blog post about it and my friend uh, who's a photographer and videographer as well she goes hey like you really should make that blog post into a video and I was like yeah that's a great idea you know so then we sat down she put the camera she kind of you know forced me into the chair to try and do this video and I sat there and I had no idea what to say yeah. I thought, how, how is this happening? You know, I'm like I, I can talk about this with clients. I can work with people to work through this in person. Why am I struggling so much? You know, like I know all the things that you need to do to do this, but mm. I was just getting out of my own head really. And, you know, it helpful to have her there because she had all my, my notes from my blog posts and she's like, oh, well, what's, you know, the first talking point is this, just tell me about it. I was like, okay, so just forget about it being perfect. It's never going to be perfect anyway. Like, just talk about it. So, yeah, that was a really 
difficult experience, I'd say, for me because I thought I'll be fine. Even, you know, public speaking, I'd always been fine at public speaking my whole life. But as soon as the camera is there, it's a totally different thing. So doing that first video, though, really helped me get over a lot of that fear because it's almost like you it's something you've never done before. Mm. And then once you've done it, even though it's, you know, the tiniest bit of experience, you're still a person who has made a video. And it kind of, it's a bit of psychology there where it, it tricks the brain a little bit instead of being, I'm a person who could never make a video. Well, I've made one now. So obviously it can't be that hard. And so you just kind of make your first video and then you make your second video. And if they're terrible and you really do hate them, you don't have to post it anywhere, but just getting the videos down with your phone, with whatever you have. It's like putting the reps in and just working through that that basic practice of putting a video together. And I find that really helped me to just get over that because suddenly, you know, I have done one. You know, I have experience in this area now. Yeah, I think practice is underrated. The more you practice something, it just becomes easy to sort of say the words, doesn't it? Even if it is behind the camera. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know if everyone loves this tip when people say, oh, how do I get over fear of the camera? Well, you have to practice. (laughs) And, you know, that's the last thing that people want to do because that involves just sitting in front of the camera and talking and then all the the different things and the self-talk comes up again. But it's all about practice and it does get easier, I promise you. And especially when I started my, my YouTube channel, I had, you know, maybe ideas for four or five videos and I thought, oh, well, I don't really know what else I could, I could talk about now. I got a bit stuck, but then just, you know, expanding on those videos and just making little um, like extra notes of any time a client asks me a question, suddenly I've got 50 videos on my channel and it just becomes easier. You know, I don't even think twice about making a video. It's like, oh, this week, I think I should talk about this write some notes down and it just, it's just easy now because I've done it so many times and it's the same as, you know, same as riding a bike, you know, once you've done it a um, hundred times, you take the training wheels off and yeah, it just becomes you just go. natural. Yeah. You just keep moving with momentum. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's so funny. Did you, were you the person behind the camera when you were younger or were you always the person filming the videos? Both. I loved doing the filming, but had no kind of fear of the camera at that time so it was, it was a bit of both um but yeah it's just you know something happens I guess when you become an adult I think and it's interesting what happens when you go through and you start to worry more about well what are people going to think it's like well if you're doing it for you and you're doing it because you love it and because you're passionate about it it doesn't really matter what other people think I believe anyway that you know if you're doing it for you to start with and then you're doing it to help other people once you've you've practiced it then you know and not everyone is going to be able to relate to you but that's okay you know you're not trying to target the whole world as your audience you're trying to target just a specific few people that are your ideal clients and the people that are meant to be in your tribe even when I started the podcast I was I was the same I'm like I'm doing this myself and then as I become more comfortable then I'm like yeah I'm, I'm doing this to hopefully impact other people I find really fascinating when I talk to someone who maybe isn't as comfortable speaking in public or speaking behind the cameras, they, they might tell me like, oh, I'm nervous. So I guess nerves are a good sign. It shows that you care. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And I, 
I don't know how true this is or if it's just kind of um, a bit of a brain hack, but I've heard that the the feeling of nerves and excitement are actually the same thing. It just depends mm. on the way that you look at it. So it depends on how you frame that in your mind. Uh, and if this is something you're passionate about, then you should be excited about it. So instead of focusing on, I'm so stressed, I'm so nervous, well, you, you're excited because you get to go and talk about something that you love. So use that um, that tool of like reframing it to be excitement and you'll feel a lot more at ease about it than if you're just stuck on focusing on how nervous you are. And so what was the experience like, Rachel, when you started developing your personal brand? So you, you were working a regional camera job and then you decided I'm going to do my own thing full-time. How did you go about doing that? Yeah, so I left my job in news really with no kind of plan for what I was going to do. I knew I had a sense of direction for where I wanted to go. I always had this idea that I wanted to run my own business. And even then, I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't have a plan like, yep, I want to be a corporate videographer or, you know. So when I left news, I started working in... um, for corporate video, a corporate video company, just being a camera operator. And that was my focus. I was just, you know, filming all day, every day. And from there and seeing how, you know, their clients reacted to the whole video experience, I kind of thought, oh, you know, there's something in this, you know, helping people get their story out. That's where it all started, just spending time with the clients. And I thought maybe that could that could be my thing, you know, just helping people get over that fear. So it was a really long progressive thing to get to where my personal brand is now. And I guess it's taken a lot of different forms, but I suppose the focus was always the same. It was, I want to help people become more confident in front of the camera. So I stuck with that trial and error, just, you know, with different kind of content posting. I didn't post a lot of content for a long time because I thought, oh, well, you know, who would really care about what I have to say. But then I would always be helping these clients in person and they really did care what I had to say because I was helping them become more confident and tell a story and all those things that I based my business around. And I guess the personal brand side of things really started with, okay, how can I scale this instead of helping one person individually um, as my client? How can I help more people with content to become more confident on camera? So I guess the core of it was always the same. It was just the way that I wanted to deliver that. Um, And then, you know, I started, you know, with blogs. Um, Even though I was a video person, I was always making it into into blog posts before I had the confidence myself to do the video stuff. But it's just been moving from here is the content that I want to share to then putting some of my personality into that and you know, this, this takes a long time for anyone else who wants to get into creating content. Mm. And, you know, you start and you're a bit unsure, you might know what you want to talk about, but it might come across really vanilla to start with because you, I started, mine was very just factual. Here are the tips. And there wasn't a lot of personality there because again, you're a bit, you know, a bit nervous about putting yourself out there and just by creating content and more content and videos, becoming more um, comfortable with doing that, I think is where your personality starts to come into it. And interestingly enough, people start paying more attention when you have more personality in there because Mm. people love to relate to people. 
And that's another reason why I think video is awesome because they can see there's a real person behind that brand. And if you talk to your audience authentically, you show a bit of your personality and you just be yourself as, you know, that's probably easier said than done. But when you can become more comfortable just being yourself, then people are going to be able to relate to that more on a personal level. And, you know, they might end up wanting to buy from you because they they feel like they know you more than if it's just a photo and a blog post and stuff like that. Someone else said to me the exact same thing about video. I was speaking on a podcast about last year, a man named Kim Barrett, who's a digital marketer here in Australia. And he was saying, look, even if you're ugly, you still got to post a video because that's, that's what's going to get people's attention. That's what's going to get them to relate to you and your target audience. Um, but how do you make a video stand out with your clients? You know, you've got all these things that you want to say, but how do you grab people's attention in a really short space of time? Because there's so many other things we could be consuming, social media, Netflix, all these other things, all these other noise. Yeah, I think that's a statistic where, you know, you have six seconds to grab your audience's attention before they keep scrolling. And when it comes to social media, our attention spans are shorter than a goldfish now. You know, it's declined (laughs) really dramatically in the last few years. And I think especially with TikTok and now we've got Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts have even come about, people want to consume things really fast. So as much as there's absolutely a place for long-form content, I think you need to have that hook to get people to watch that. And, you know, it's hard. I'm not going to say there's like a really mm-hmm. you know quick fix for that because you got to um, experiment with what is going to grab your audience's attention. So, you know, starting a video with, you know, oh, hi, my name is Rachel. And today I'd just like to talk to you guys about, well, they're already gone. (laughs) So you want to start with something that is, this is what they're going to get if they continue watching your video. So, you know, I think a lot of my YouTube videos, I don't really, I say hello, but not straight away. You know, I talk about what the video is going to be about straight away. And so that is what they're going to get if they Mm. stick around and, I think a really good way to practice doing that has actually been going and creating YouTube shorts and Instagram reels because you only have up to 60 seconds to say anything. So really um, challenging yourself to cut your content down. And I think one of the the hardest things is to say something succinctly. So, you know, if you have an hour to talk about something, you could probably easily fill the hour. You only have 60 seconds. You got to make it short and succinct. So if you plan your videos as if they were going to be short, you cut out all the extraneous detail. I think that's a really good starting point. And like I said, you're not going to nail your first video. It's a bit of practice. But if you go into it with, you know, what is the video going to be about? Tell them that. And then get it, get everything across in as short a time as possible. And when it's a video, you have time to edit. So you can cut stuff out and move stuff around. So it's not like, you know, one take, we're done. You got to post that. Um, Yeah. And even like redoing it, if you watch it back after you've edited it and you get bored, well, your audience is probably going to get bored too. So that's like a test, like a (laughs) self-test. Yeah. Yeah. So critiquing your own content and not in a way of putting yourself down and going, oh, well, you know, Mm. that was a bit of a crap video. You know, you want to critique it as if you're the viewer yourself and like, are you really engaged in this video? And if you're Mm. not, well, why? What's missing or what is there too much of or have you gone off on a really long tangent or stuff like that? 
And what other people's videos do you like watching? You know, if you spend a lot of time on YouTube, who do you like watching the most Mm. and why? And really identify the why, like what really draws you to that content? Because then if you use those tools in your own videos, you're going to attract more of the audience that is going to relate to you as well. Great skill, even just being able to speak with other people and say things in a really short but entertaining manner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, anyone can talk for a really long time, but I think the most charismatic people keep it short and keep you kind of hanging on every word that they're saying. Mm, Yeah, the hanging on every word and, and that mystery is what creates really entertaining story, no doubt. And what do you see happening in the industry in the next sort of five to 10 years? Where do you see it all going? Do you see virtual reality is becoming more of a thing? I know know that's been in the media a little bit. Uh, What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think especially the last 18 months have been really interesting. Just so many more people are online for obvious reasons. We're all at home. But I think now that we're there, I don't know if it will really go backwards. I think if anything, it's going to go more online. And yeah, virtual reality, I have no idea where that might go, but there's so much talk about, you know, having virtual concerts and virtual Mm. meetings and just everything being virtual. And it's okay, well, what does that mean, you know, for video? And is it going to really have this push towards that immersive experience? Because, you know, that's, People love being immersed in something Um, and, you know, you can be immersed in a really engaging video, but you can take that to another level by doing that via VR. So, yeah, look, it's it's gone so, everything's gotten so big in the last few years. It's really hard to kind of guess where it might go, but I think if anything, video and online media is even more important than than ever before. and I've seen a lot of move towards online courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I help a lot of my clients create their own online courses because I think we've all, it's just so much easier, you know, it's more possible and being at home, you want to consume things online and create things online. Sure. And now that we've all been exposed to that, I think it's even, you know, more, more people that hadn't discovered it before have discovered it now. So yeah, it's a time to, to get in <laughs> right yeah, now. And you can produce content video. at scale. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about reaching more people with, you know, smaller resources, I guess. You know, you can reach anyone in the whole world with a video when, you know, even if years ago where it was more like pamphlet drops and local community stuff, it's just, it's so big now. It's even hard to, to fathom, you know, the amount of people that you can reach when you're using online media. It's crazy to think how connected we are as well. With a click of a button, you could be talking to someone from the US. Yeah. Yeah. And like we were talking earlier, how we happen to be in the same country today for the podcast, but it's so easy now just to talk to someone in the United States. And the first few podcast episodes I did with an international guest, I was kind of sitting there going, you know, I can't even believe I'm doing this. I'm just talking to a person on the other side of the world just through a quick Zoom link. And yeah, it's just, it never fails to really fascinate me how much we can do just on our computers in, you know, in my office, I'm running an international business. Like it's so crazy to think. And it's so easy to share media these days as well. You can just record things on the phone. You can airdrop within about two seconds and it goes straight to another device. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy mm. how fast the world has changed and is moving. It's only getting faster. It seems like. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see where we all are in the next five years. One last topic I wanted to talk to you about, and that is, what is a good story? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think a good story has to, you have to be able to relate to it, I guess. You know, you have to be able to feel the the emotion that that person is putting across um, and be able to relate to that in your own life in a certain way. And if that's a small way, in like an emotional way or or something that you may have been through before. But I think the stories that hit you the most are probably ones that you can feel on a personal level. Have you, are there any clients or stories that stick out to you where you've seen a client's really shine and they've sort of towards the end of the recording session, they're just killing it. You've seen like growth in them in a way. Mm, yeah. Well, I've had uh, a couple of clients that I've actually been working with for a number of years. Um, and one in particular, when we first started working together, she had, you know, a few ideas for what she wanted to do. And she's a very um, bubbly person already. And, you know, um, a very, like a big character, but just seeing the videos that we we did at the start and just even over, it was a couple of months, like she was doing some of her own stuff and then we'd come back and do more videos and working with her now, just the transformation that doing video has given her, you know, um, and in her business, like she was probably started with, oh, I need to be professional and it needs to be a certain way. And now it's like, well, there are no rules like this is me and this is the me that you're going to get when you come and work with me. So just, I guess, seeing her come out of her comfort zone and the confidence that she has developed and it was over, you know, a few months and now it's been a couple of years and yeah, it's just amazing the way that it can bring people out of their shell. And I think almost like help them like on a personal level to really figure out like who they are and who they want to be in their business and represent to the world and becoming comfortable with that instead of being stuck in, I need to be professional. It has to be a certain way to be mm. successful. It's like, well, you know, if you're loving what you do, you're probably going to be more successful and putting out this um, energy and this um, persona that is going to draw more people to you anyway than if you try and put yourself in a box. And as you said, behind the camera, it's about getting close, connecting to that why and being able to express that as you normally would in any conversation. And speaking of passion, Rachel, I want to ask you one last question. That is, what advice would you give to people about following their passions? I think it is the most important thing, you know, just go for what you want to do. And just for, from my journey, from always trying to return to doing something that I'm passionate about, it hasn't always been the best financial decision I suppose in the early years and that can be a bit scary but once you decide and you commit to it and doing your passion you're going to wake up every day and just feel so much more fulfilled and I think if you are passionate about something and you do really commit to it then it's going to get you to where you need to go so you know I think just do it like <laughs> just just go for your passion because it may be hard in the beginning, but it's definitely going to pay off in the long run. Love that. Waking up every day with passion and purpose, that must be an amazing feeling for people that really do follow their passions. And that's something we're really trying to promote here on the Passion Tech Podcast. And finally, Rachel, where can people go to learn more about the work you do or if they want to connect with you and have a conversation? 
Yeah, thanks, Jack. So people can find me at thatcameragirl.com. You can find me at thatcameragirl on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube. Um, yeah, and then connect with me there. Um, heaps of different video, blog, any kind of resources that you would like. Just search That Camera Girl. I'm sure you'll find me. I know I've, I've found your social media content very engaging. And thank you so much for joining me on The Passion Effect. Talk about passion for video free media. It's amazing. Thanks, Jack. I love what you do. Cool conversation with some cool insights, but how can we begin to actually apply the ideas from this episode to our own lives? My first key takeaway, leaning into your childlike creativity and experiences. A common interest emerged from Rachel's childhood, which was a love for film and media. Rachel started a YouTube channel when she was just 10 years old and she took the opportunity to pursue media later in high school, which helped Rachel clarify her future career and solidified her interest in film and media. Key takeaway number two, putting in the reps. Even though you may be confident speaking in conversation with friends and family, once you get behind the camera, it can be quite a different story. As Rachel said, practice is key to success. If you want to become more confident behind the camera or speaking in public, You need to practice putting yourself in that situation until the environment becomes more familiar to you. And my key takeaway number three is mindset is everything. When Rachel spoke about her clients and the difficulties some of them face when speaking in front of the camera, Rachel mentioned that it's important to shift our mindset from nervousness to excitement in order to focus on sharing messages with a clearer purpose. Think about a time in your life when you were nervous and how shifting your mindset from nervousness to excitement could actually benefit you. If anything, you will come away feeling more empowered. So there you are. Those are my three key takeaways from this episode. Let me know on Instagram what yours are. If you haven't already, make sure you're following The Passion Effect on Instagram at The Passion Effect Podcast and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. But don't stop there. The world needs people like you spreading important messages about passion and purpose. So share this episode with friends and family if you enjoyed it and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear from you. I'm your host, Jack Pittman, and until next time, keep following your passions.